You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. Thanks so much for joining us. Fun little fact, it's a beautiful day here in Charlotte, so we decided to record this episode on the podcast on the roof of Forest Hill South Park campus. So we're talking about the topic of relativism from the roof. I don't know if we will call the episode that, but that's what we're doing. So if you hear some noise in the background, it might be some birds, it might be a plane, it might be Superman, or it might just be the generator that's going off behind me. So thanks for hanging tight. Today we're talking with Darren Short about equipping parents for conversations with their kids, specifically when it comes to spiritual and moral relativism. Darren, welcome back to the podcast. Todd, it's great to be back. Yeah. Yeah. You're almost at legacy status with the podcast. Yeah. I think this is your third one. Well, I mean, I think we came up here today because, you know, we've, t- <laughs> we, we, we've been high in places before with, with, you know, these different topics that we've talked about. And uh, I don't mean that in, a, in a, a drug sense. I mean in a spirit sense. Perfect. Yes. So I think um, we, I think coming up here naturally yeah, on the roof. We had to take it to the next level. Yeah, we had to take it to the next All level. All those puns exactly. and everything like that. Yeah, exactly. different perspective. Yes. Elevated vision, you know, that's what we're going for here. Yeah. Well, before we dive into the topic, tell us about your ministry background and how you see faith in Jesus and therapy working together for our wholeness. Ooh, you got some good ones there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, I am a Yankee living in the South. Yeah, me too. Um, I am Where are a, you from? I'm from New York State. Oh, I'm Connecticut. Awesome. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah, it is great. Um, so I uh, have been in Charlotte about 14 years. And I work here at Forest Hill. I have the privilege of being able to be one of the staff counselors. And so, um, you know, our model of therapy that we we kind of embrace here is an integrative perspective, which yep. means that we're always thinking about, okay, where's God at in this process, theologically, biblically speaking, but then we're also, you know, taking the insights and the benefits of psychology, right. um, the practice of counseling and psychotherapy, and we're weaving that in. And so it's a it's an awesome space for people to do deep discipleship work in, to be yep. able to kind of do some exploration, get to know themselves better, and hear from the Lord. So um, I feel like I have the best job in the world because I get to do that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, it's been a, I say this every time we talk to anybody from care and counseling, and the truth is, if whatever happens to this parenting podcast, you know, it could be called the Karen Counseling Podcast. Cause we, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so many of our guests are part of the Karen Counseling team. So it's just a tremendous benefit having you guys on this episode yeah. and grateful to have you back. It's so good. So a couple years ago, the Barna Group, which is a evangelical Christian research company mm-hmm. that evaluates church and culture and then releases great statistical information and stories to help us understand the landscape of culture that we're living in and the variety of ages of people that we're working with. Mm -hmm. And so they released a book about Generation Z with a number of statistics. And so in this research about Gen Z, which are those born between 1995 and uh, 2015, One particular section of the book listed the topics that parents feel most unequipped to talk to their kids about. So today, we're going to talk about one of those topics, and it happens to be relativism. Mm. But before we get into that, because we're going to dive pretty deep into probably a subject that's kind of categorized or left to philosophy 101 
you know, mm-hmm. but rarely intersects with parenting, but it intersects with our life and culture on a daily basis. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But I, I would love for you to set the groundwork for what you said earlier about faith and therapy mm-hmm. is integrated wholeness mm-hmm. and how God made us as uh, body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And then we'll kind of build on the relationships that we have yeah. and specifically into the topic of relativism. So can you yeah. set that foundation for us? Yeah, you know, um, it, it's so cool because when I talk to people about counseling or when, when I when I sit with somebody, one of the, one of the things that I'm doing is I'm kind of... Um, I'm listening to their story. That's really what I want to. I want to hear what what parts of their story maybe brings them into therapy, um, where they're at currently. You know, where maybe they're at in their faith journey. Um, but when we sit in the room with someone and we 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 do uh, deeper work, you know, there's uh, implications for what's happening physiologically, Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What what might be happening in the body? What's happening in the soul? Um, you know, and, and I think about the soul as uh, your mind, your will, and emotions. Yeah, so it's yeah. both your conscious mm. mind and your unconscious yep. thought and mind, and then uh, spirit as well too. And so, um, and so, when I, anytime we dive into the realm of therapy, we're we're able to explore like, hey, what's happening in uh, the, your the spiritual realm? What's happening kind of in the soul? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? What are the habits of mind? Yeah. Maybe that that are helpful or unhelpful. And then also like you know, there's a lot of basic uh, physiological implications mm-hmm. too. You know, if somebody, um, for instance, if they don't, um, you know. Uh, if they're coming in maybe for a depression yeah. or have some anxiety, one of the things we know is that caring for your body and exercise and, yeah. you know, evaluating like what stuff am I putting into my body, you know, water, food, you know, the appropriate nutrition, yeah. those things all impact the way that we feel. And so I don't make any assumptions that like, okay, this is definitely what's happening with this person until I really get a chance to hear their story and understand like, okay, God, what is happening? Yeah. And um, I'm, I want to consider each one of those areas. Yeah. So this important to kind of see that, you know, there's a, um, a myriad of different lenses that we can look through right. when we think about well-being, health, and then certainly with faith, like, you know, divine created order. You mm-hmm. know, God has created us in specific ways. So honoring his created order is super important too. Yep. And I think one of the, the biggest things that I'm considering is that God has always designed us to be led by the spirit, to honor uh, what's happening in our inner world, the soul, yep. and then to also care for our body, our temple. Yeah. And the, the important thing about that when it comes to this topic, because it's like, how do you connect our integrated life and this topic of relativism is because everything is connected, mm-hmm. right? Is what we believe shapes our brain, mm-hmm. shapes how we live out our lives. Yeah. And this is one of those belief systems. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about worldview a little bit. We do have an episode that you can go back with Jonathan Scott that was a good general overview about worldview. But now we're going to kind of get really focused into a specific worldview that in our Western culture is shaping a lot of what's happening in schools, in relationships, politics, behavior, relationships, everything yeah. like that. So yeah. let's dive into relativism from the roof. From the roof. Relativism from the roof. With sleeves rolled up. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting into this. We're, we're going we're gonna to do this. This is like... I love it, man. Uh, this is so great. So can you give us a definition that would be helpful for parents to understand what relativism is? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, you know, uh, the basic idea of what relativism is, is really it's the doctrine or the philosophy that knowledge, truth, and morality exist in relation to culture, society, or historical context and are not actually absolute. 
Okay. So, you know, the basic idea that there's no absolute yes. truth, mm-hmm. it's really just in the eye of the beholder, it's subjective, um, and that there's, there's, um, there's no, the standard is kind of uh, fluctuates. Yeah. Um, there's no kind of core basic standard. Yeah. And uh, so that's, that's, that's a basic understanding of relativism. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's many different arms and branches of that and implications sure. for that. But, you know, I think that's, that's yeah. what I would say. Well, right away, you start to, hopefully you can start to see some of the tensions that come about with our Christian faith following Jesus and this freedom of choice, right? right? Or view of the world that there's no absolute truth. Mm-hmm. So those can stand in pretty stark contrast mm-hmm. to one another. Mm-hmm. But when you mention that there are different channels and expressions of relativism, mm-hmm. uh, I want to get into spiritual relativism yeah. and moral relativism, because it's probably the most pertinent to our discussion and audience at this time. So can you give us even further detail around what relativism looks like down those channels? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say moral, moral relativism is, you know, at a, in a basic sense, it's, it's um, what you believe is right, wrong, um, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's, that's, uh, it's, it's almost like the basic criteria, um, or, or understanding of, of what you deem to be a right or wrong, good or bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, spiritual relativism kind of flows out of moral rel- relativism. Okay. So like, um, if you think about like what spirituality is, it's really like the expression or the, um, how we live out what we believe to be those basic moral yeah. Uh, beliefs. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. it's like the practice and the expression mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. You know, there's even in Christianity, we have things like, okay, like, what do we believe about God? What do we understand? That's, that's doctrine, that's theology, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the practices of the church, you know, the practices of followers of Jesus, the, um, you know, it's, it, we're not called into rote rules or things yeah. like that, or just to, uh, we're called into relationship yeah. and we're called to live those things out in the world. And we're all on this journey of saying, okay, if I'm a follower of Jesus, I believe these things about who he was, what he did, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so therefore my life, um, as a spiritual person, because we are spiritual, yeah. um, what does that look like to be indwelled with the spirit and to live out of that place? Yeah. And so even from a, you know, um, you know, when we talk about relativism, a person's moral beliefs, like their deep core beliefs about the world, about themselves, um, you know, their identity, those types of things, those are inevitably going to inform yeah. what they do. And a lot of times people can talk about that, but then, you know, you really get a good idea of what somebody believes when they're put in a place of, um, you know, like a, a hard event happens yeah, yeah. or a difficult uh, event happens, right. right? I think about something like 9-11, mm-hmm. you know, somebody may have been living their life like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Like, you know, there's not really, um, you know, a spiritual or moral authority out there, an absolute. Yep. And then, you know, after something tragic and really scary happens, somebody may, may change in yeah. their practice. Maybe they don't have nothing to turn to except for God. You know what? Mm-hmm. I haven't really talked to you in a while right. or I've never talked to you or I didn't believe in you, but I have to look to something bigger than myself. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So yep. there's kind of like, you know, life has a way of helping illuminate what we really believe. Yes. Yes. Crisis reveals our belief yes. in, in uh, some, some really obvious ways. So as I'm trying to get my mind wrapped around it, because I would be the first to say that I need to learn how to navigate this myself uh, when, it, when it comes to being a parent, but also just 
how it's shaping our culture. And so when you said kind of the distinction between moral relativism and spiritual relativism, Mm -hmm. they're influencing one another. For sure. And so spiritual relativism can flow out of our moral framework and then, but our spirituality can influence our morality mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, so there, there's a reciprocal yes. kind of dance yeah. that happens there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And what I'd love to get into is for parents, what would be some examples of moral and spiritual relativism as expressed in their child's life that they could pick up on? Yeah. Now that's a really good question. And I, I think like even before I answer that, it would be, um, it's, you know, I kind of pull back and look at like the, the context of the culture where we find ourselves yep. right now which is very much, you know, in a postmodern world where it's in a polarized kind of nation. You know, there's just, there's, there's, there's all these ideas out there, but we're certainly um, living in a postmodern age, I Mm -hmm. would say. And at the same time, not just a postmodern age where, you know, relativism and postmodernism, they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. but we also live in a, a very spiritual time as yep. well, yep. where people are hungry for something real, something that um, you know transforms. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's there's an embrace, uh, and uh, people that are embracing spirituality. I think people are looking for things that you know not everything can be tested tested with science. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And so um, so because we're in that postmodern era there's a new sense of, hey, there's something more than what I can see with my eyes Mm -hmm. here, or I can test all the time um, scientifically. It doesn't make science irrelevant. It just, so I think that, you know, those two things are important to acknowledge is that contextually we find Mm -hmm. ourselves where people are hungry for things in the spiritual realm. And they're also, there's this uh, undergirding of postmodernism, this, that's kind of, hey, what's, What's, is there truth? Mm-hmm. Um, what's, you know, your truth? I hear things like, um, and you ask like, what are some examples of what might we hear? Yep. Things like, hey, you know what? You do you. Yeah. That's yeah, a yeah, super yeah, yeah, yeah. common, you know, we kind of <laughs> yeah. joke about it, right? Yeah. But, you know, if you think about it, there is really kind of a, uh, a relativistic kind of mm-hmm. thing that's happening there. Yeah. You know, um, you do you, Hey, that's fine. If you want to do what you do, mm-hmm. what works for you, what's true for you, right, right. I'm going to do what's true for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so phrases like that, um, you know, things like if it feels good, it can't yes. be wrong. There we go. You yep. know, mm-hmm. those types of phrases oftentimes reveal a deeper belief about what might be happening yep. for the, for the person. Yeah. Or, uh, is it that bad if it doesn't hurt anybody? Right. That's another one another of those one. things yep. like, it's not doing anything to harm anybody, so what's wrong right. about it? And then you, uh, maybe the the phrase, what is truth? Mm-hmm. Or mm. what's true for you might not be true for me. Mm-hmm. So that puts into question just truth, the nature of truth right. itself. And it, even when we get into the science realm, because um, I even at this at this point um, our advanced student ministry is talking through how faith and science can be complements mm-hmm. not contradictory forces mm-hmm. in that way but in a relativistic society it goes okay science is the only thing that establishes truth mm-hmm. then it's just facts and figures mm-hmm. right but what you said some things can't be measured mm-hmm. like love mm-hmm. Give me some facts and figures about love. Well, I can tell you how much the ring cost. Right. That I, <laughs> yeah. but how did you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's. It, I think it's important to 
when we talk about things like, okay, when we're, we're talking about relativism, we're talking about things like what is, what is truth? Yeah. And we're also embracing and recognizing that we all have subjective experience, yes. right? Yep. So it's not that we're denying that there are subjective experience. Like for instance, mm-hmm. I may love like, you know, vanilla ice cream uh-huh. and that could be like my favorite, just simple, yep. plain vanilla ice cream, right? Maybe a couple of peanut butter cups thrown on top. Throw the peanut butter in there, man. But uh-huh. you may say, no, vanilla ice cream is not the best flavor, uh-huh. yep. right? But that would be more in the realm of preference. Yes. Does that make sense? That's good. And yep. so what's, I think it's good to differentiate preferences from things that are absolutes, like right? I, vanilla ice cream is the absolute best right. ice cream. No, no, no. That's subjective. <laughs> right. And so it would be appropriate to yeah, say, yeah. hey, uh, it sounds like vanilla uh, ice cream is the best in your mind yeah, for you, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's not for me, mm-hmm. right? So that those, the, it's not untrue to say that, right? But I think that it draws us back to, okay, that, you know, while, while certain things may be preferences, there are you know, you can only go as if you go back far enough, there are going to be a standard or a measure that says, okay, is this thing true? For mm-hmm. instance, is it, um, is it wrong to steal? Yeah. Well, for the person that's stealing something, they're like, Hey, if that person, uh, didn't lock their car and I just reached in and grabbed their, you know, Mac <laughs> they computer, were asking for me to take they it. were asking for me to take it. Right. <laughs> it didn't hurt me. So it's fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But so those are those are some of the things. Yeah. Well, it's a good segue into the next question about as we help parents expand their understanding of relativism, we need to talk through some of the risks. And in the examples, you can see some of these risks, Mm -hmm. but get right to the point about what's the risk of relativism. Yeah. Uh, This may sound dramatic. Okay. Um, We are on the roof. We are on the roof. So so we're already in a a dramatic place here. (laughs) We have some sweet perspective up here. Um, I would say the the main risk is being deceived. Yeah. Um, I think being deceived, you know, relativism, excuse me, relativism at its core is an attempt to distort and cover up the truth. Mm -hmm. Or ignore the truth. Or ignore the truth. Yeah. I mean, um, you can ignore, you can straight up deny, Mm -hmm. you can alter you can suppress. Yeah. There's all these different creative ways that are all strategies to um, uh, to get somebody moving from off of what is actually true to redefining that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and it's also, I think, um, an avoidance tactic yeah. as well too. Because if 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 I'm living my life and I'm saying, hey. Uh, your truth is good for you and my truth is good for me and this works for me, this may not work mm-hmm. for you, but you know, um, it, it really, um, it reinforces this idea of like, it kind of affirms that I'm able to do whatever I want to do yeah. without the, any re- negative repercussions. Yeah, yeah. So as we get into that a little bit further, because I want us to talk about where does absolute truth come from, but before we get there, to go a little bit more into the risk when truth breaks down mm-hmm. and we start to abandon or disregard the nature and value of truth, where does that get us? It's like, it's to your point, it makes me think of, I don't know if this is the right illustration, but when I've you know, given a talk to students or have been preaching, I have found that uh, how football works or how soccer works. Um, help 
kind of establish why truth matters. Mm -hmm. Because if you're playing football, there are rules mm -hmm. that are absolute to the game. Right. Plays bend how the game is how the game is played, but it doesn't violate the rules. Mm -hmm. Because you still can't hold a player, you still can't push in the back, you still can't have unnecessary roughness. Mm -hmm. Those are violation of the rules. Mm -hmm. You have to have boundaries mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. You can't just run out of bounds and be like, hey, that's a touchdown right. for me. No, 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 you're out of bounds. Well, <laughs> that's true for me. Mm -hmm. It might not be true for you, mm -hmm. but that's a touchdown in my mind. Right. Well, you're not going to see that on the scoreboard. So what What happens? It would, it would throw football into disarray. Mm -hmm. It would be chaos. Yeah. So what are some of those other examples of what happens when truth starts to deteriorate? Yeah. So you, I think you're, you're, you make a great point. And I would say this, is that when um, you, you use the word chaos, mm -hmm. relativism leads to chaos. Mm. And chaos, like, that's one of the things that people cannot tolerate. Yeah. Yep. Like if you think we can tolerate a lot of things as humans, but mm -hmm. like when there's anarchy, if there's chaos, right, um, fear, unpredictability, all those things like like humans cannot tolerate. They can only have they only have a th we have a threshold. Yeah. We can only tolerate yeah. so much of that. Yep. Before then, we will look for the opposite extreme, which if you if it leads to chaos, then it moves into like a dictatorship. Mm -hmm. You know, I think back mm -hmm. to even societies that were kind of like um, have almost like uh, relativism um, or certain um, beliefs at yeah. the core. And then it led to chaos and it set it up for a perfect uh, kind of storm situation yep. for a dictator to come in because people can't tolerate. They said, hey, this is chaotic. I cannot tolerate this anymore. Yep. I need some sort of order, even mm -hmm. if it's like a totalitarian yeah. state. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so chaos is a big problem. Yep. And, um, you know, as Christians, we believe that we, like, we know that, that mm -hmm. the scripture says that we serve a God of order. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so everything, uh, you know, you look around every, like there's, there's certain order. Of course mm -hmm. we live in a broken world. Things are not perfect. There's certainly uh, a lot of difficult, um, broken situations yep. in the world today. Um, but if you look around it at creation, right, there's there's created order, yes. you know, and there's yep. beauty in that. Yep. And so um, so I think that chaos is something that is directly connected to relativism, mm -hmm. but it also sets us up for the pendulum swinging the other way right, right. to rigidity yes. and yep. a sense of inflexibility. Mm -hmm. And that's also not healthy, too. Yeah. You know, it, it actually robs us of our freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So some people are like, well, relativism is lets lets me be the most free that I can be. Yep. But in actuality, it's uh, it, it actually leads you to uh, to being captive. Mm -hmm. That's right. And yeah. I, I want us to reflect on, I think, a dominant teaching that is elevated around this conversation when Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. Right. He is kind of playing off of what you're talking about. He's we're not going rigid total rigidity mm -hmm. or total chaos. There's a freedom found in truth. That's right. And so let's, uh, before we go there, how do we know that there is absolute truth and a standard of good and evil that would be helpful for parents? Yeah. Well, um, I'm a couple of the, the main verses that came to my mind, um, is uh, Ecclesiastes 3.11, which says he's a put, uh, God has put eternity in man's heart. And so, um, when we look at that verse, um, we think about the fact that we know whether we want to um, uh, admit it or not that that there are something beyond this mm -hmm. uh, this life. Yep. There's even something beyond what we can see here. 
Um, and uh, we also have a conscience, yeah. you know? And so we have this inner sense of, oh gosh, I feel bad about that. Or, and we have this emotional response to mm-hmm. certain situations or things um, that we encounter on this, this, in this human experience. Yep. And so those are indicators of like, if we slow down and we pay attention to those things, right? We yep. know that that's how, that's one way is to say, hey, how are we created? Mm-hmm. How are we experiencing life in, in this imperfect place that we yep. live? Yep. Um, so, you know, eternity has been, in, in put, been put in man's heart by God. The other um, uh, verse that comes to my mind is Romans uh, chapter 1, uh, 18 through 21. And I, I have it pulled up here because yeah. I think it says it a whole lot better than I could. Um, it, uh, starting in verse 18, For God in heaven unveils his holy anger, breaking forth against every form of sin, both towards ungodliness that lives in the hearts and evil actions. For the wickedness of humanity deliberately smothers the truth and keeps people from acknowledging the truth about God. In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively, for God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. Opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible, such as his eternal power and transcendence. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived for seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. Mm. So then this leaves everyone without excuse. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I look at that, um, uh, I, and, and Jesus said this too, he says, uh, I am, I'm the way, the truth yeah. and the life. And yeah. I have come for this purpose that, that they may know uh, the father, they may know truth. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just, I was thinking even, uh, the other day, um, as I was kind of preparing for this podcast too, after Jesus says that in Matthew, Pilate, he's on trial, yeah. right? Yeah. And Pilate says, what, what is, is truth? truth? I right. mean, you talk yep. about like mm-hmm. a postmodern relativistic yep. Yep. kind of perspective. What is truth? Yeah. Um, and uh, so those are some of the things that come to my mind. Yeah. You know, of how we can know that there is an absolute truth. Right. Um, so. And I'm no scientist, but as you talk about kind of natural order, natural law, yeah. there's a way that the world works. And when you kind of look at how it, simple scientific facts that are super complex in just their detail, but like the, the angle of the earth on its axis, mm-hmm. right? Where you hear if it was certain degrees, uh, different and either way we'd burn up or we'd freeze. Right. So that's an, that's an, an order that is true, is mm-hmm. constant. So if you apply that n- nature had this order mm-hmm. set to it from that Romans reading, we are part of nature. Right. So would our lives not have an order that's right. and an absolute mm-hmm. to them? Mm-hmm. And even when people are trying to pick at nature and go, oh, well, this is skewed here, this is skewed, or look at this behavior, it proves that there are inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. And that validates or justifies that we can be relativist mm-hmm. in, in how we live our lives. Right. But just start with the building blocks there of how God ordered the world. Mm-hmm. There must be order for our lives too. Yeah. And you could think about it like this too, is like, you know, there's, there's natural revelation, right? What we see around us when we look in our created world. Um, and then there's divine revelation. And so both are, are valid ways that we can understand and learn about what is true. Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
you know, divine revelation comes via the Holy Spirit, yep. right? Yep. When somebody uh, decides to give their life to Jesus and they're convicted of the reality that they're separate and far from God yep. and that they were created to be in a relationship with mm. God, but sin separates us from yep. God. You know, when the Holy Spirit opens somebody's eyes, like that's divine revelation. Mm-hmm. Like that can't be something that's fabricated just yep. because somebody, you know, um, you know, wants to change, uh, yeah. you know, that dynamic yeah. that has to like in and of ourselves, like you and I both, mm-hmm. like, um, it's, it's an act of grace that, that God has said, Hey, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still looking around, even for the person that's not yet a believer or doesn't even right now currently believe in that, mm-hmm. um, you have to look around and say, what can we learn even about, um, this experience as we walk through, yeah. uh, this life. Yeah. So natural, uh, revelation and divine revelation. Yeah. And those it, are both, there's both sources of truth there. Right. And then within the di- divine revelation, it comes back to what the, the scripture that you uh, read from what Jesus said in John 14, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. Jesus is saying, I am the absolute way right. to live. That's right. So anything else is off course of how you were designed to live. I am the ultimate yeah. way, the absolute way of yes. humanity. Follow in my way. Yeah and the truth will set you free. Yeah. This way of life, this truth yes. will lead to an abundant, full, expansive life. Yeah. But that's the most offensive thing when it comes to our Christian faith. It is. is you the know, absolute nature of what we believe. <laughs> that, that is, but you know, you have to, like, if, I know I, I'm, I've been driving before and, you know, I've seen stickers like coexist. Yeah, yeah. And it's it. There's is a do, a double standard in our culture yep. right now, which is says, "Hey, be tolerant of what I believe." A very relativistic thing, yes. right? Yeah. And except for Christianity or exclusive mm. claims. Yeah. So yep. it's almost like there's this, you know, there's this. Um, it's okay. Is it okay for Christians to believe this? Is it okay for followers of Jesus to declare that Jesus is Lord, mm-hmm. Jesus is King, and yep. Jesus is the only way yep. uh, to the Father? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, you know, even spirit, spirituality, you know, yep. we see lots of uh, different religions out there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that um, you know there there's uh, you know there's universalism. Yeah. You know, which is basically, hey, basically all religions are just mm-hmm. different ways to God. Yeah. Um, they all, they kind of have similar type beliefs. There's a right. couple differences here or there, but, you know, they basically all get you to the same place, mm-hmm. right? That's a very postmodern relativistic right. Right. kind of um, philosophy. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you said it well, Todd, when you said, you know, God is the standard. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the truth. Yeah. You know, what you do with Jesus, what you do um, with his claims um, and, and how he lived in the personal work of Jesus Christ, yeah. everything, uh, all truth is centered on that. Yeah. And so God is the standard, right? There's no other standard that's more, um, uh, more important than the one who created the yeah. world, yeah. who brought us into existence. Yeah. And I think to pinpoint on that, you know, what Jesus said, the truth will set you free. It will free you to live in confidence instead because like chaos, the chaotic nature of relativism, there is no freedom. You're like just scattered of going, oh, how do I live this life? Is this right? Oh, I'm going to move on to the next thing, trend, status, profile, whatever it may be. And you're going, okay, that is not a free life. Mm-hmm. You, you, are, uh, you are dependent on something or you uh, become chained mm-hmm. 
to whatever moves and bends. I think in uh, the book of James, James talks about do not be blown back and forth. That's mm-hmm. relativism. Yeah, double, like the double-mindedness. Yes, do not be double-minded. That's right. The truth will set you free to live mm-hmm. a confident life mm-hmm. in the one that Jesus said. It's, it's not we are the one telling you what's true. Jesus is the one who's saying, hey, I'll show you truth. Yeah. And you can follow in that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, I think it's always wise to go back to origins, like, yeah, the, yeah. you know, the beginning. Yep. And um, my mentor, uh, Sid Bradley, once said to me, you know, he's like, science needs philosophy. Mm. Philosophy needs science. Yep. And so, you know, I'm super aware of the fact that as I sit with somebody, I could talk with them all day long about, hey, you know, what might you be experiencing from a clinical perspective? Or, yep. you know, um, we don't do a whole lot of diagnosing here at Forest mm-hmm. Hill, but, it, you know, um, certainly you could think through like, hey, you have this disorder or this disorder, or this disorder, right? Um, but at the end of the day, like, if if you if you go back, eventually, science only answers so much, mm-hmm. right? And then you have to get into the realm of philosophy. Yes, yes, so, yes. You know, yeah. um, but at the same time, science kind of grounds philosophy at the same time too. Uh-huh. So they work in tandem, yes. which is yep. really important. Yeah, um, so, I love that. Just the complementary nature yeah. instead of the contradictory nature. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to go back to both forward. Um, I think you brought up a perfect relevant example for how parents can start the dialogue mm-hmm. about relativism with their kids. You mentioned the coexist mm-hmm. uh, bumper stickers mm-hmm. that we'll see on cars. So parents pointing out things uh, in our culture, well, it's a bumper sticker, commercial, radio, but what else is out there that can spark these conversations between parents and kids? Yeah, I mean, I think culture is a big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we all know that we live, um, we're, we're getting preached a, 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 a gospel every day yeah, from, yeah. from the world. That's right. And so, you know, parents, um, you know, need to be aware of like, okay, what, what messages is culture sending through this, you know, advertisement, through this show, through this movie, through, you know, what are, what messages are they getting? Like what is being like, like there are a whole lot of competing philosophies Mm -hmm. and voices out there and your kids are going to learn something. The question is where are they, like, where, where are they going to learn it? Yes. We've talked, you and I have talked before about this idea of first exposure, yep. you know, in principle of first mm-hmm. exposures. Biblically speaking, parents, one of their main uh, tasks is to train up their yep. children, yep. right? Children are a gift. Um, they're a blessing. And one of the primary tasks for a parent is to say, this is what is true. Mm-hmm. This is, um, and, and, and this is early on, right? Yep. Yep. Um, or, or to even invite them into this sense of curiosity about, yep. hey, let's, let's talk about created, mm-hmm. uh, like creation. Let's talk about the trees. Let's talk about the mountains. Let's talk about cells. Let's talk yep. about all that yep. stuff, right? Yep. Let's look for natural revelation. How, how, what can we learn about this? Right. But then inevitably, the, there's going to be a time where divine revelation revelation is needed mm-hmm. and questions about faith, questions about Jesus, question yeah. about other religions, tons yeah. of different stuff. So I think like, you know, again, knowing the context that we live in right now, we live in a very postmodern era yep. and there are a lot of competing voices, but I don't think we should be fearful of that. I don't yeah. think parents should be ruled by fear. We're right. supposed to be ruled by love yep. and love looks like engaging yes. rather than, you know, saying, oh, that's wrong to believe that you shouldn't believe that versus to say, hey, tell me why you believe that. Yeah. You know, engage in questions. Yeah. Questions are yeah. so powerful. Yeah. So I would say, like, that's like a, a, a huge thing yeah. that, you know, we can be aware of now. Yeah. And as I've learned in kind of human uh, human development, childhood development, brain development, and it's very simplistic, but you have kind of three, three stages in my mind. Please correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm veering way off course. Okay. 
but this is my truth, man. So <laughs> <laughs> you do you, bro. You do you. Wait. <laughs> so uh, early childhood, you're you're establishing attachment. Yeah. And within that attachment is what your kids will start to accept is true. Yeah. Hey, mom or dad, they believe this. Mm-hmm. And I accept it because mom and dad give it to me. And then adolescence happens and the brain starts to rewire. So you have phase two. And that's where some of those questions like, why do I have to believe this? Why do I have to go to church? Mm -hmm. Why should I care about this stuff? Mm -hmm. And so their brain is being formed Mm -hmm. and adolescents need elders, need mentors. Mm -hmm. And then phase three is college age phase. When you go back, you go into relativism world, Mm -hmm. right? And you have to navigate chaos. So where you see kind of the concern around college is this free for all, but what's anchoring. So as parents, when you look at those phases of life, be mindful that you are anchoring your child in truth for the future. And sometimes college, they're drifting real far because that anchor tether is pretty long. And some of them break, but some of them didn't have that, that foundation. Yep. Yep. So another, another thing, this is just kind of for my own amusement, but, uh, at the time we recorded this podcast, 2019, who knows when we'll release this one, but Kanye West put out a new album yeah. and it's called Jesus is King. Yeah. So another point of conversation, mm-hmm. he's making an absolute statement. Jesus is King. Right. Not Jesus is a King, but Jesus is King. Mm-hmm. That's an absolute statement. So parents take that one. Don't be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great hip hop artist, mm-hmm. controversial, but uh, he's making an absolute statement mm-hmm. that can yeah, be some conversation. He's taking a stand. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of something that I heard a while ago. Um, I can't remember who said this, but, um, uh, but it was like, God doesn't have opinions. He's mm-hmm. right. <laughs> that's now, been a bumper sticker you know, somewhere. That's just like, yeah, like certainly yep, that's been yep. a bumper sticker, yep. but, um, but yeah, like, you know, uh, I think getting back to what, are, what's our job as parents, mm-hmm. our job as parents early on is to to build good attachment, yeah. to foster um, a secure, safe place um, for kids to develop in. And yep. so those early years is really about like, um, you know, kids are learning how to regulate their emotions. Yep. Kids are learning, you know, about, uh, you know, their uh, their worth and their identity, things yeah. like that, you know, early on, even at, even at pre-verbal le- levels, yep. you know, um, are you there for me? Is Are, uh, are my needs going to be taken care of? Mm-hmm. But as your your point of when we move into the realm of adolescence and you know being teenagers, um, that was an awesome beat, by the way. Hey, what's hey, going on? Hey, what's going on? We see you. That's uh, I see you over there. <laughs> um, the wonders of being up here on the roof. Yeah. But yeah, so when we think about when we move into the realm of adolescence, it's so normal and healthy for teenagers to be asking questions. Mm-hmm. Like they have to, they have to individuate yep. is the fancy word from their parents. It's basically yes. kind of getting maturity, an emotional right? emancipation yeah. from mom and dad. Yep. Yep. And when they do that, they're learning about themselves. So just because there's questions that come up, just because there's, um, you know, different ideas that that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, I've also heard it said before that questions raised in an atmosphere of trust um, leads to revelation. Yeah, that's good. Um, questions raised in an atmosphere of doubt um, leads to unbelief. Mm. And so, like, that's been a powerful thing for me when I thought about, like, you know, questions are not the enemy, 
right? Questions are actually just invitations and opportunities to say, okay, tell me why you believe that. Help mm-hmm. me understand, um, you know, where did, where did you get that? And why, you know, why, why, what appeals to you about that? Investigate the claims of relativism, investigate the claims of Christianity, yep. understand the philosophy, right? Engage your kids in that process. Yeah. It's helpful. Um, and it kind of shows like, hey, you can hang with them yep. and you, you're not scared of these questions that they may have. Yeah. Questions are good. Right. Um, so, but we want to, I mean, modeling oftentimes needs to come before that, yeah. right? And there has to be, a lot of times kids fall away from the faith if they haven't been given the opportunity to kind of ask those questions or they've seen, you know, kind of a lot of incongruence. That doesn't mean that parents were perfect, but if parents were saying, hey, this is the truth, but they're living their life in complete opposition to that or with a, a, a you know, great sense of, you know, um, we call it hypocrisy, right? Yeah. Then that's going to be really confusing. And yep. so it doesn't mean we have to be perfect as parents because none of us are. And we, I fail every single day as a parent. But, you know, the, the, the reality is if I can embrace humility and say, hey, like I'm walking in the ways of Jesus. Yeah. I want to teach you about truth. This is what I've come to understand as truth. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you're going to have to make a decision for yourself. Right. But I know that if I don't teach you about some foundations or model truth for you in some way, guess what? The world is going to yes. model and yep. teach you something different. Yep. You're going to follow somebody, sure. right? Someone will be your Lord, yep. right? Jesus is Lord or culture is Lord. Mm-hmm. Or I am Lord. I mean, that's it in one of those three yeah. categories. So I think one way to finish this is getting into helping kids discern between good and evil. Mm-hmm. And a question that I've thrown out there to, to, to people when it comes to what you talked about is giving room for doubt and questions is asking the question, what's the best way to live? And... Is Jesus the best way to live? Mm. Like when you think about that, because you're going, well, this works for me. You're you're answering that question. The way this works for me is what I am acknowledging as the best way to live. Right. So you're allowing something to influence yeah. you, and it goes back to. But how would you answer that? Helping parents yeah. help their kids discern. I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with talking about like sharing your story. Yeah. You know, I think when you know there's times that we get to. To, to talk to our kids about, hey, like this is this is where I come from and this mm-hmm. is where what I've experienced. This is what I've learned over the years. Like kids need to hear that. Yeah. Kids need to hear that. And they're but they're gonna hear lots of people kind of share their story or tell, mm-hmm. you know, talk about what they've experienced. And I think um, you know, um I've uh, I, I think I think one of the things that we need to do is know that there's there's again there is subjective experience yep. but there's still an absolute truth mm-hmm. it's not either or it's it's both yeah. right and and i think you just have to be able to differentiate like yeah. what are things of preference like preferential preferential things excuse yeah. me um and what are things like that come back to an absolute truth yeah and um you know uh, I think what you'll find is that things that are related to absolute truth, there's there's going to be a deep moral component. Um, and so, like, one of the things that parents can do is to say, hey, when you did that, what did that feel like for you? Mm-hmm. What not? And, and feelings isn't yeah. our only guide, yeah. but encouraging them to explore their internal world. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. you either have to distort truth or you have to, you know, kind of lie to yourself that like you like that when really you didn't or, you know, and again, there's all different levels of brokenness out there. So one of the things you have to remember is that our ability to think, um, you know, uh, 
from a, a truthful place is, is skewed, right? Yeah. Our, our reason, our logic, it's called the noetic effect of sin mm. in our life. Yeah. It impairs our ability to make sense. And yeah. for the person that hasn't had been exposed or doesn't have access to the mind of Christ because then they haven't stepped into a relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. it's going to feel like foolishness. Yeah. They're not going to have the perception. Right. Um, they're not going to have the vantage point. Um, that doesn't mean that they, they would never have that. Yeah. It just means that right now that, you know, they, like that hasn't been revealed. And so mm-hmm. that's why I think like, you know, for the person who's seeking, um, for the, for the kid who's seeking, encourage them to keep seeking, but yeah. to evaluate, don't just evaluate, um, other religions, right. Evaluate like all these things, like do, do the work. Yeah. Uh, that's what, that's what I would encourage parents to do is to say, you know, like model, teach, um, certainly share your experience. But at the end of the day, we all have to decide what we believe. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a very individual, personal thing. Like we, we, we're, you know, we're not alone in this process because we're walking this experience with other people. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the only one that we have to be accountable to is God, Yeah, you know? And so he's the standard setter. He he is the standard. He's the creator. Yeah. Would you, Everyone will make a decision on that right there at the end of the day. If I could add one more thing, when we talk about relativism and somebody says there's no absolute truth, the reality of of what they're saying is is actually uh, they're kind of committing a fallacy, right? It's, It's almost like... Well, you're making an absolute statement by saying <laughs> yeah, that. There's no absolute truth. It's right? an absolute statement. That's an absolute statement. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Th- I mean, I know that that sounds silly, but it, it's it's one of the the main ways that mm-hmm. it, it takes the credibility away, even from a logical perspective yeah. of the argument or the philosophy of relativism. Yeah. So that's just something that I think is important yeah. to know. Something that was helpful for me, even as I was. Um, investigating like, hey, you know, what is this absolute truth as we talk about this theologically, philosophically, as we parent, um, even just being able to talk to your kids about that to say, hey, that statement in itself is an absolute. Huh, that that creates some problems. Uh Yeah, and that will order your life. Just that's what absolute truths do. Yeah. When you build your life upon an absolute truth, you see the outcome of it. So you go, oh, I see your behavior. I see your views. Mm -hmm. I see your expressions. I can trace it back to what your foundation of truth is. Yeah. And that statement, no absolute truth. Oh, that's your absolute truth. So that's yep. good. Well, I, we could take this conversation on and on and we go. I feel like it's starting to rain a little bit. I felt a few drops. Might, so that might, might be, be the cue. Like God is going like, all right, guys, let's uh, wrap this up here. But yeah. this has been awesome. And I, I think just it, we just are kind of scratching the surface. But if it's any encouragement to the parents, don't, don't hesitate from wading into these topics god has made you a parent for these conversations yes. whether you feel prepared for them or not that's right find out together i think we reaffirm that over and over in this podcast so thanks for taking there taking us there yeah. uh on the roof yeah it's been fantastic uh it's been a, a great treat being able to hang out with you so let me finish up with a prayer that sounds good heavenly father thank you for this beautiful day that we've been able to enjoy thank you for creating it and giving it to us as a gift we acknowledge you as God and Lord overall. And thank you for sending Jesus to show us what you are like and what truth looks like and what love looks like and how to live the best type of life. Pray that you would give parents the tools, the resources, the strength, the stamina to navigate our world and our culture, especially in that area of chaos when it comes to relativism and post-modernity 
things like that. So equip our parents, and I pray that the Spirit would speak through them, and they would be able to connect with their kids, and we pray that they would be anchored in the truth of God. Mm. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Parent on, parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit foresthill.org.